Hi all and welcome to Ladies Inc. We finally have our very first episode out yeah. and if you're listening to this, it means we finally did our jobs. Yes, we did. <laughs> so Christine, how do you feel about this? Man, I'm excited. We've been working towards this failed multiple times. I know. Procrastination, talk about it. Be- because because we're procrastinators, but 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 we finally made it. We did. And we are here. That's what matters. I know, and I'm so excited for this. I feel like, you know when you're like getting ready to adopt like a puppy or like to have a child? You're like, I can't wait for this little cute thing. First of all, none of us have ever adopted a puppy or had kids. So I don't know where you're getting this. No, but I don't you know, know where the, you're getting this. You know the feeling of like being passionate about something and then finally seeing it come alive? Why did you have to go to kids? None of us literally want kids. I don't know what you They're cute. You know what? This is going to be an episode... For another day. <laughs> this is season one. So I think we're going to have a lot to talk about in all other seasons. But um, yeah, so in this episode, we basically want to touch on how we met and how do we know each other and how did this podcast come to happen? Mm. Sounds like the foreboding of like some horror movie. Like, <laughs> how did we get here? How did we get here? How did we ruin our lives? <laughs> But it's going to be on the lighter note. So, Aisha, how how did we meet? How how do you know me? Do you even know me? I do. Okay. I do, actually, surprisingly. Mm. So, me and Christine, we met in middle school. That's all level. Was it middle Second. school? You thought it was high school. Uh, we are old. So, you took you took three years of your life and you deleted me out of them. I don't know where this hostility is coming from. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what this. <laughs> no, is. we met in, in in we met in in literally twenty eleven. We went to the same school. Remember, you were you were in B. I was in A. Oh yeah. Oh, the suffering. Okay. Yeah, I was in class A. You were in class B. But like we didn't know each other though. We were like colleagues. Like you know me. Like I knew your name is Christine. Yes. And you probably knew me as well. But like. Yeah. We weren't a thing. We like, weren't we weren't friends. friends or anything. We just knew each other. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was actually, like, this is really surprising to me. Because even in, what's it called? High school? When we were yeah. in the same high school, we also were not friends. Right? We managed to go to the same, like, elementary school and high school. For six years, literally, we've known each other. Yeah. Not been friends. Not yeah. been friends. And then we graduate. And then all of a sudden, we're like, oh, hello. Hello, right? It's so funny. I feel like it's like that for so many people that I know, though. Like, who we went to the same high school together or, like, like middle school. Like, we weren't friends. But then suddenly, we've reconnected as grown-ups. Or, like, there are people who we were really deep friends. And then now, it's like we never even knew each other. Ooh, ooh, that just got dark. It is. But I feel like it's normal, though. Like, either you grow in you grow into connecting with people mm. or you grow out of those connections. Sad. Deep. <laughs> that reminds me of that Akon song. Lonely. But anyway. I'm so lonely. <laughs> what do you think was wrong with this? Because I think like in, in middle school and high school, my God, was I an awkward child. Like I think of myself, I was like, I will not be friends with that kid. Like, I, would, I don't think I would be friends with Christine in middle school. I was so weird. Literally spent my whole time... First of all, I looked shabby as they come. Oh, yeah. I can testify to that. <laughs> okay, listen. You didn't, need to, you didn't need to agree that quickly. Okay, you it's, could... <laughs> it's not like I looked any better, though, so... Yes, you did. 
You looked awesome. Let me tell you, like the kids from your area, the kids yeah. from your area, you people came with sense. You came with sense. Me, I, yo, the way I look so shabby, my God. And I think it was like the first year I had just started wearing glasses. I looked miserable. Like t- I looked miserable. Puberty was not good on me. Like Were I had you one of acne. the girls wearing short skirts or was your skirt long as hell? Miss Mayoma, like just c- come on now, come on now. Remember that I was the school nerd. Of course my skirt was long as oh hell. Oh my God. And uh, let's not forget the tiny detail that I was like, when I was like on the leadership of like the choir, yeah, the school choir, yeah, those people were as conservative as your as it grandma's. A lot uh-huh. of judgment, a lot of yes. nonsense, as I like to call it, honestly. So you think I was going to be on the leadership of that and have a short skirt? What are you talking about right now? Oh, you missed out a lot in high school. Because I, I remember, like, in high school, yeah. my skirt was the length of my shirt. Ooh, but also we had really long shirts. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have been touching the floor. Yeah, but still, for a skirt to be as... As like the same length as a shirt. It's also, remember we used to tuck in, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we tuck in, then you would see my skirt. If we didn't tuck in, we're talking high school. You're talking middle oh, school. Oh yeah. That's... Also, this is so confusing because like we went to a different middle school and a different high school, and I feel like we're getting confused because of the system. What do you mean? What's Here in Rwanda, it's O level and A level. Ah, okay, okay. So all level, same school, right? Same. Yeah. I mean, my God. All level is middle school. Oh, okay. So we went to both of those the same, right? And at both, I was uh, the nerd. I was the kid that wore the glasses that never fit. (laughs) I was the kid that had the shabbiest haircut you can imagine. I was the kid that never really paid attention to how, how I was looking. I think I had sort of given up on that aspect of yeah. myself. I was I was very concerned with, you know, higher things like, like yeah. comic books and oh, cartoons. Oh, this girl had a business in high school. Yes, I did. We started making money yes. earlier, younger. I probably should have started. If I started at that time, I, I would be financially very well off today because... <laughs> but also, he, here's, here's the funny thing, right? Every time I tell people... And, you know, I'd never go around telling people, like, hey, I had a business, right? It's just something that comes up in conversation because they knew, whatever. But every time that comes up, you know, people are like, oh, my God, no way. You had a business? Like, oh, how much yeah. was this? Was she this? had a business. Like, we used to eat peanut butter made by her. Do you understand yes. that? Yes. And yes. where is it now? We sold it, so I don't know where it is. You sold the business? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We out the- here closing deals. Yes, we did. At, at what? At 18? We were not 18. We're, I don't even know who allowed us to sign contracts when we were minors. Like, I don't know how that worked. But I feel like at that time, the concept of minors wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Because you know the stories. We will probably get to talk about it. But like, <laughs> we have a lot of tea to spill from high school. God. The way grown-ups used to treat teenagers like like they're fellows mm-hmm. that would never make sense to me and it's only now that you reflect back to that and you're like oh my god so many red flags yes so many things were off that was messy it was it was very messy when you take an all-girls school 
with girls who are going through a lot of you know body transformations mm-hmm. that are coming into their bodies it means also let's just say this out right some of the girls we went to school with i mean the most drop-dead gorgeous people you ever yeah. see and then you put those people they're in like a boarding school they cannot come out and then, that's funny but come <laughs> out as in come out of the hey, school hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Like they cannot leave the school. And then you have all their teachers as this single thirsty men. You start getting a lot of problems. I know. I feel like there was like a lot of sexualization of our bodies. There was a lot of inappropriate language. Yes, ma'am. That if it was today and I stopped by school, I would probably arrest everyone. (laughs) And it's so funny to me because it was so normalized heavily and like some of the teachers like we knew something was off right like for example we had this math teacher everybody that went to that school will know who exactly we're yeah. talking about but this math teacher kind of smaller in stature or whatever but he used to always be hugging up on people i know right and like the way he would hug up on you like he would i mean he would get in there like he would get in every yeah. inch and every corner of yeah. your body and he would just make people feel so uncomfortable and we all knew, like, we all knew, like, oh, we don't like it when that guy hugs us. But no one was like, oh, this is, this is harassing. You know what yeah. I mean? This, this is yeah. not right. And some of it was to the extent where a teacher would give less marks to a student who doesn't, you know, allow them to have those advances on them. I surfered some of that. You want oh to my tell goodness. us your story? I feel like we should make it a whole different episode. Because, <laughs> like, this time, you guys... It's legit. Like this time, this teacher gave me two out of fifty, when I was to, supposed to get forty-five out of fifty. Like you cannot go as low as that. Like <laughs> what? No, I I literally I remember going to claim my marks at the doctor's office, and he couldn't believe what just happened. You know, he didn't even put effort in marking my paper. Nothing was marked. He literally saw my name and wrote two out of 50. It was bad. Cause like, and, and you know, when you shared that story, I think it, you shared it very recently. Yeah. It was a teacher that for me, I had had a wonderful experience with. Right. Because, I mean, listen, in terms of looks and everything, there was nothing there. But I was this like seriously, like very curious child. I loved his like course or whatever. And I was always, you know, trying to like, you know, yeah. learn more and like, you know, be involved mm. or whatever. And because of that, I ended up being like buddies with one of the girls that were in his little... His um, grooming circle. Yes. Honestly, that was grooming for me. It it really was. That was was grooming. It really was. So I ended up being friends with her. And because I was in that circle, I would get so many benefits. Like, I would get access to like the test before people... I mean, not like the test, but like a lot of... Like hints of like chapters. Yes. The books. Yeah, because like yeah. I would study in his like little like classroom or whatever, and I always had access to the best books. Yeah, I he would keep me like over the weekend so that you know he would explain concepts to me, and a lot of other people would come in and try to get that same help. Yeah, and he would be like, um, no, why are you stupidity yeah. right now? Like, yeah. shouldn't I feel like you know I was that? Part of those people because like I couldn't stand his BS, and like one of my best buddies. You know who I'm talking about. Was like... I actually don't. Who? who? 
<laughs> okay, we're gonna have to talk about this off the mic. Okay. But like, yeah, one of one of the girls that this guy, this teacher, mm-hmm. was literally like three times older than us, fancied, was my friend. But um, I could see right through his BS, and then he didn't like that. Okay. I, I always got the vibe that he thought I would advise the girl to not hang with him, mm. which was true, and which I was doing. So I think to kind of create that kind of conflict between us, mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. little teenagers, he used to do that. Like he would give me really bad grades, and he would give her really good grades. And you remember the the tests in his class used to be like open book. Yes. So my my answers would look exactly like your answers. Mm. And we would have different marks. Yeah, because you weren't special, darling. Yeah, because I wasn't on the specialty team. I was not <sighs> VIP. But I feel like I've been like that my entire school life, though. Ouch. You I don't feel like I, I ever... Not, 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 not like being special, but I don't feel like I ever stood at like... I was I was kind of in my lane and I feel like I've always been straightforward and people don't like that. Yeah. People don't like like especially young girls <laughs> who are straightforward. Yeah. And I feel like that always made me not be one of the favorites for like teachers to which if now I look back I'm so thankful for. Honestly good on you because like I was so dumb. Like, I literally did not even understand what was going on. I did not understand that, you know, getting those, like, special sort of, like, favors from a much older man was, like, a form of grooming. I did not understand that. I just thought that, oh, look at me being so interested in this class and look at this wonderful teacher helping me get more information and helping me, you know, feed my little curious brain. I really thought that's what it was. But then... You know, I you know, I went to therapy. I went to college, yeah. and there's all we these grew things. up. Yeah, so there's a lot that happens between fourteen and twenty something. Exactly, <laughs> and like some of these things, I was like, oh, that was not okay. Like there was this like math teacher, who like he had this like, little like room where he kept his computer, mm. his little thingies, and like uh, books. And, you know, he would, you know, have me sit there, right? Because I wanted, like, a quiet space to study. And in my head, I was like, look at me getting this nice quiet space to study. Oh, my God. Those rooms, those teaching rooms, my goodness. But, oh, my God. uh, Like, sometimes this man would come back from his trip and, like, be really sad. And then he would be like, oh, my God, Christina, I just need a hug, whatever. (gasps) And, yes, yes. and And, like, I would hug this man. But in my head, it didn't register that, Oh, ooh, that's not okay. That's not okay yeah. for a teacher to be hugging me right. like that. That's not okay for a teacher to be bringing me all these gifts and like you know treating me special and like. Doing oh, and they all used to things. do that too. They would bring like chocolate bites and stuff, and they would give like specific students yes. when everyone is there. And you're like, what? Yes. And the fact, what was worse, what was worse, I think, is that the administration knew. And they never did anything, anything about it. Anything about it. That I think that's the part I was referring to, to how normalized this behavior was. Mm-hmm. The administration knew what was up, but they never did anything about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like honestly, if we talked about this, like so, we have so yeah. many horror stories yeah. that we could just like make it its own thing. 
But very quickly, I think Aisha and I, we graduated yeah. from that school. We both went to study abroad. I went to the U.S. And I went to South Korea. Yeah, what was your experience? Very un- unusual, right? Especially yeah. in the time I went. Because I remember, I, like, when people would learn that I'm in South Korea, they'd be like, where is that? Like, I figure some people don't even know the difference between the North and the South. <laughs> did they give you a lot of, oh, so now you're Chin Chan Chan? Yeah, they did. Very they racist. Did, which is super racist. <laughs> and, and, like, you realize that it's really racist when you are there, like when I was in South Korea, and then I'll be like, Korean doesn't even sound like that. Mm. It doesn't even sound like that. Like So it's like people have this image that all Asians are Chinese. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And they're like completely different people. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was okay. It was great. And honestly, I feel like it's the best, like one of the best decisions I ever made in my life is to move out of Rwanda mm. and go to South Korea. Okay. Not South Korea specifically, but like move abroad. So the experience was so good. But then on the other hand, I feel like South Korea has its own experience. Like for example, I speak a whole new other language, which I wouldn't have spoken if I went to the US or Canada because they already speak the language I speak. I know I am accustomed to like a different cuisine there's just like the technology is so my goodness you know when you live in south korea yeah. you become so dumb because everything is automatic everything is technology centered you don't have to lift a finger like i remember the first time i went to the bank yeah. was when i was opening my bank account and that's literally the last time i was at the bank the other time I went to the bank is when I lost my card and I had to like go get a new card. But like I don't need to go there for any other business that doesn't require my signature. So it was a great, it was a great experience. How was the US? Actually, no, 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 listen, you're not gonna do us like <laughs> that. Come on now. We have heard some things that South Korea is, is a little rustled. Oh, it did a little? And you were there as a black woman who yeah. actually is quite dark skinned, right? Yeah. Like how how was the experience for you? And you were on like your natural hair journey as well. Yeah. So like how how was it for you? Yeah, and I also wear the hijab. You so are, it's like yes. I'm an intersectionality of, of, everything, uh, of everything that is not okay. Yeah. So the thing is, I mean, you're not queer, so that saves you a little, right? You know, sometimes sometimes I would think to myself like, if it was a choice, I would probably become a lesbian just to complete the experience. You know, <laughs> just to add some spice to everything that's already happening. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, there is there is racism, and to me, I feel like honestly, there is like more xenophobia than there is racism. So huh. you are a foreigner yes. before you are black. So now when you are a foreigner and you are black, my gosh, you're in for a treatment. What, what was the treat? Because like I see in a lot of you know little TikToks that I see, yeah. there's a lot of like fetishization of like of foreigners. Black women. They're like, oh, foreigners yeah. are easy and stuff like that. And yeah. you, know, you have a lot of men flocking to that. Yeah. Did you experience that or was it something of like, oh, black, no, stay away? What was it like? Personally, no, but my friends did a lot. I don't know. I feel like I have like a man repellent factor. They don't really. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't have drama with men. Yeah. I think they look at me and they're like, 
no she definitely is not up for it not to say that every other woman looks like you know she can be an easy prey but um maybe because i'm i look like i'm too busy for people to have interactions so you have a resting bitch face i have a resting bitch face that's what i was getting at mm. but um yeah in it, it really is big the fetishization the whole stereotyping because you're black they think you can dance you're probably good at basketball you're probably good at all the sports can you dance and it's oh i can actually okay. i can dance but i don't want to dance if you pull me in a circle and be like oh my god she's black she can dance like, dance then monkey, suddenly dance. i don't want to dance and i don't know how to dance <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah but it'd be like that and then being a woman in a community that is still pretty much misogynistic mm. and then there is being a muslim which i think has not really been too big of a deal because there is like very tiny islamophobia in korea there is but because religion is really not a thing that korean people pay attention to mm. i feel like i had it better on that side okay and to be honest i didn't have so many bad experiences because i could move around by myself like i speak korean which means i don't need people So I have the option to avoid people whenever I want to. But also I feel like the lifestyle you live in Korea kind of determines the types of experiences you are going to have most definitely. Like if you are a stay-at-home person versus a party person, you're going to experience very different things. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of the racism and like uh, like extreme violence that we, can, we tend to see in the news, like it happens to people that are normally just more out there, like more outgoing, and it doesn't happen to people who sort of keep to themselves? Yeah, you're more likely to get discriminated or to face racism at a club versus at a coffee shop. I see. Okay. Because yeah. you still have some clubs who are like no foreigners or like no blacks type of clubs. But no coffee shop does that. In COVID, some some places like restaurants and coffee shops used to say like no foreigners. And then they got the smoke on the internet. Woo, people were going off. But yeah, it is. Like you're more likely to get discriminated at a at a house party versus at a wedding. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. okay. I feel like that I I kind of feel the same way with like my experience in the US. I feel like definitely a lot of a lot of you know the crazy like racism did not like happen to me though mm, disclaimer I lived in the south right mm. where on my first day on campus literally there was like an anti KKK rally mm. like right in front of my dorm because yeah. the KKK had chosen to be you know active uh, for the past couple of days So you know it was a place where like race was very much felt but um I remember because I was very much like always on campus I'm not I wasn't like a person who was like traveling much or doing the most I got shielded a lot like from a lot of that like outward racism because I was on campus where it felt like this magical like open space where everybody is accepted and whatever but you would literally step like out of campus for like 15 minutes and oh my god were you reminded that you were black so quickly <laughs> so it was like oh 
the light switched on. I know. I remember I had this very vivid experience. Like we went to a coffee shop with one of my good friends, white woman, right? And I literally was the only black person who was sitting as a, as a, like a client, right? And tell me this white people were not staring at me. Like, why you why you sit? Like, why are you here? Do you really think you need to sit here? Because <laughs> all the other black people were like cleaners. Yeah. And in the kitchen. And they could not fathom for the life of whatever. They could not fathom why a black person was being served mm. just like they were. Yeah. Right. And uh, we went to like this camping thing where it was, yo, it was in the boonies. We were literally the only people of color there. And it was me, my friends from like uh, South Asia, very, I mean, very Arab looking people, yeah. right? So I, I'm telling you, the day we went into that town, diversity numbers hit an all time high. Yeah. And we would go to restaurants, it was like huge, you would see like huge Confederate flags and people you know, were yeah. carrying their guns and you know, they would look at you when you were eating, they would stare at you. I would never you. understand the concept of being proud of a flag that lost the Cold War. Mm. <laughs> to them, it's like it represents a piece of history, and the the whole argument was that, you know, like it was a lifestyle, right, where things were in the proper place. So so yeah, uh, things including black people, you know, being in the proper place of like freaking servants and property. So yeah, they they still very much, you know, hold on to those ideals. And, you know, when we went to that town, it was very scary because we were like, we don't know who's going to jump us. Yeah. We don't know at what time. So we'd literally just go there for food and then just like rush back to our yeah. little car and go back to our camping area. Yeah. But apart from that, it was great. Great, great, great experience. Yeah, it is. But also, me too, because I feel like it really depends on what area you are at, the demographic of people you're hanging up mm-hmm. around and like the view, the culture in that specific time, like for the states would maybe be a bit different because like every state looks like a different country to me. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, it's the same thing. Like in Korea, kids would remind you that you're black <laughs> because it would be like, it's probably their very first time seeing a foreigner or like a black person in real life. Mm. So, I mean, the population of foreigners in general total in korea is about three percent oh and so you can imagine how many blacks are there mm. so there are people who see black people for their very first time and so either they're gonna be shocked or like there's gonna be that reaction that reminds you that oh i'm a black person which to me never made sense because when i saw a korean person for the first time i didn't have that reaction i was like okay two eyes and nose lips ears a human being i mean that, that's really interesting though because like I felt like in the U.S., right? Like one of the things that I think we don't realize, one of the biggest privileges that we had, you know, being Rwandans in Rwanda, is that we never realized we were black. Yes. Right. And then I remember, like for me, when I went to the U.S., it was such a big deal that you know that I was black. Like people, would, you know, like people had groups, right? The black people would hang out with the black people. Mm-hmm. The white people would hang out with the white people. The the Asians hang out together. The Indians hang out together. Not that Indians are not mm. Asians, no, but, you know, differences, right? So, like, people would kind of, like, ha- hung out with, like, the people who look like them. And I remember, for me, it was the first time that I saw myself being excluded from some groups because I did not, yeah. I was, you know, I was not the right flavor, right? right? And then we, 
And in the U.S., I mean, this is a very big deal because, you know, like, African-Americans have yeah. a very strong history and stuff. Yeah. And it was also, like, a very difficult sort of, like, experience to navigate, right? Like, knowing that I was an African, right? A black person who is not African-American, yes. right? Because Ooh, in the so U.S. the dilemma is real. It's very real because, like, when people would see me, they would hear me speak, they're like, ah, Right, you know what's up. Yeah. You know, you know the the racism we rock with yeah. here. And it was like I actually don't know because a lot of it was rooted in American history, which I had never learned because mm. the, uh, I'm not American, right? Yeah. Like I remember in some of my classes, like I had to ask people, like, you know, they kept saying, you know, all these like separations of like black and white people that we have in the U.S. It's all because of Jim Crow. It's all because of Jim Crow mm. laws and stuff. And I remember sitting in that class, being like, who is Jim? Jim. <laughs> Why do we keep like I literally <laughs> I asked that question out loud because I was like, we keep talking about Jim. Who's Jim? And they were like, oh my god, you don't know who she's Jim not Cole from is? here. And they're like, how do you not know? I was yeah. like, I'm it, African. Like yeah. I I grew up in Rwanda. I never learned all of this thing. Yeah. So it was like the whole thing where I had to realize that yes, I'm black. All the rules around like racism and stuff they all apply to me, but I'm also still an outsider even to the black right. community here right. yeah. because I am African, right? Yeah. So it's like I w- I will never really share their struggle. I will never really understand. I will never claim it to be mine or like claim to have a connection. Yeah, and at the same time, I still also get stereotyped with like all the things oh, that are associated with wow. it with a little bit of flavor you know for being african you also get the monkey jokes you also get like the the africa like racism as well but for me i think like the biggest thing was realizing that i'm black and realizing that even though i'm black and all the black things apply to me i am still not quote unquote american black yeah and that that, that was a struggle there's something you said about like relating to groups Mm-hmm. And I think the difference in South Korea is like, if you're a foreigner, you're just a foreigner. Like you almost forget that there is black, there is white until you are reminded that that is. But I never knew that the my palm, the tone of my palm, and on my back side of the hand yeah. is different. Until people asked me about that, no. they were they would be like, "Why are like why are you like lighter in your palms versus like Ooh. behind?" And like I remember checking that for the very first time. Like I, that was never been a thing for me because like that that's been me since I was born. And then I'll be like, "I'm sure it's the same for you." And then they'll do this and like that, and they'll be like, "Oh my god." It's the same color. It's the same. I would be so shocked. Like, what? But also the thing is... Yeah. Koreans are not used to variety. Like, even to history, you would be surprised that they wouldn't... That there are people who wouldn't know the countries that are surrounding them. Hmm. They learn everything Korean-based. I used to call it brainwashed history. I find the education system to be a kind of brainwashed system. They teach everything like to the Korean standard. Oh. Yeah. So even still, I'm like, you have the fastest internet in the entire world. There is no way you will tell me you've never seen a black person before. I'm telling you, man, this country is really be out here giving us new insecurities. We never even knew we were like a thing. Because I remember when I got to the US, you know, hanging around so many white people. 
I was like, I started noticing things I'd never realized when I was here. Yeah. Like hyperpigmentation. Yes. I never thought about it because like everybody in my family, you know, every yeah. pretty much every black person has hyperpigmentation right. of some sort. But then I get to the US, all oh, these white women, you know, all oh, everyone their body looks the same color, yeah. and I started getting all these insecurities. I was like, what is going on? But man, the, I'm telling you, these countries will change you, and like realizing that because the system was not designed for people like you, yeah. then you existing in those systems, everything becomes so much more expensive. Yes. The hair products are so much more expensive. Everything. The food, the clothes, everything. You just put yeah. ethnic in front of it and all of a sudden, three times more, yeah. five times more. I could never get my hair products in South Korea. That's like, it, it's a never. So I used to like shop from Amazon. Oh. Or like shop from other sites, but like I knew I couldn't get my products in South Korea. Oh my God, I feel like honestly, if we rant about this, we rant for ages. But I came back to Rwanda first yeah. in 2021. Okay, but I did this fellowship, right? It was awesome. I had a great time. And then I remember when Aisha was like looking into options yeah. of like, what am I going to do after yeah, graduate? after graduation? Like, like where am I going to go? Do I want to stay in Korea? Do I want to go back to Rwanda? Do I want to go somewhere else? Like, it was in that chaos. Exactly. And I was like, girl, I can hook you up real quick. Right? <laughs> I, I got this little thing I'm doing here. And I feel like you'll be a great fit. And I remember like, it was such like a like an accidental thing, and you were actually crying. I think that's how like we were connected and we built this friendship. It was so impromptu, like so like you texted me on WhatsApp and you were like, "Are you still interested in human rights and like activism?" Da 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 da. Like I remember in high school you were so into this and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I was you yeah. were our politician at that time. Yeah, literally everything. Any anytime <laughs> someone would say something that was not right, you'd give them all the smoke. Yeah, I would be right. like, "Excuse me, <laughs> for your information." Exactly, because you're always about politics. You're always about like global relations or whatever yeah. that was. You were very much a debater as well. So like yeah. when I finished that fellowship and they were looking for you know someone who like more like you know, like a global thinker cares about human rights yeah. I was like I know exactly who you're talking about so I hooked you up right like so it happened like that and when we started talking again and then I I I applied into the thing and I was a good fit yes you were <laughs> like she had predicted and then I also relocated earlier this year. Like, I've been here for what? For five months. I came back to Rwanda in July. Oh my God. 2022. You're so new here. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> I am. And then when I came, I was giving her hits about everything. Christine, where do I buy milk? Where do I buy? <laughs> where do I buy sugar? How much is this? Where do I get? <laughs> and the, 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 the hilarious thing is that you were asking me, of all people. Of all people. Literally the one person who probably won't know what yeah. any of those things but are. But at least you were like a year ahead of me though. That's so, so at least you knew where the, the supermarkets are. You knew where I could get, you know, the milk. You yes. know how much was a motorbike from here to somewhere. <laughs> and it helped that you moved into the neighborhood I was living in at that time. Right. So I, I can, you know, I don't know many things, right? I mostly stay to myself and stay wherever I am, which is mostly my bed. But, but 
the one thing I did know was like where the boutique was. I knew where you could buy the eggs. I knew where you could buy the milk. Yeah. I knew where you could buy the the cakes, which I feel like yeah. is covering the entirety of Literally. life. Literally, so you, yeah. So yeah, so she hooked me up to the basics I needed to know. She literally told me that Momo is running things these days. Yeah, I didn't have a number and I didn't have mobile money. And for those days, I was le- I was struggling. You, I was struggling. My and goodness. you were like, I remember the first time you got here. You're like, oh, I'm gonna get Airtel, and I'm like. Yeah, in this Rwanda, I know, right? She was like, "No, girl, you need MTN because you need mobile money." And uh, yeah, and I was like, "Nobody's gonna take you seriously. You'll know Airtel number. (laughs) (laughs) Like people are gonna think you're like a kid or like some." person who stole a person's right. no but phone. honestly i don't know how i would have said no those few weeks that i didn't have an mtn number yet i was already struggling absolutely like yeah. honestly mtn is such a big deal here like even because like even on mutuals like if you want to pay yeah. them with airtel money they yeah. probably it probably won't work yeah because everyone is using mtn yeah everyone is using momo pay so yeah so then i come back we reconnect we start talking and talking and talking we catch up yes. we become really close friends we talk about so many things yes the serious the unserious like everything in the books and that's basically how the idea of the podcast came up. Yeah, and I think I think once we were talking, we we're like, you know what? We have so much to say. Yeah. Might as well make a podcast. Yeah. Make it everybody else's problem. And yeah. you know, let let the world chime in. Yeah, also because like most of the things we talk about are like very general issues that are still not talked about in the Rwandan community. Mm. And I feel like, or like both of us feel like, this should be a conversation, at least among young people. Like, this is not something that should be stigmatized. Or like, this is a problem that we all need to discuss and probably find a solution to. So then we were like, podcast! Yeah! (laughs) And here we are, first episode. Thanks for tuning in to our first episode. We're looking forward to more... Do you have any last words? I guess like the only last thing to say is, you know, you've heard how amazing this is. You, you better tune in for the second episode. We'll I see know, you right? then. Do we say subscribe? Like I'm so used to YouTube. Like and subscribe, subscribe for, the, <laughs> for the podcast. And disclaimer, all opinions are our own. This is how we see the world. This is how we live life. This is what we've lived through. The opinions might change. The opinions might say the same. It was Ladies Inc. and this is Ange and Christine. 